gentlemen, and welcome air. Hmm. 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 Let's take that again. Cut this part. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 14 of WTF Anime, the show where my teeth fucking hurt because I think I just ate sugar for about 24 minutes. I'm your host, Joe, and joining me as ever is Travis. So much magical girl bullshit. Yeah. No. No, yes, because... Yes, no? Yes, because the show is amazing. (laughs) So far, our show is not amazing right now. (laughs) No, no. Um, Probably going to leave me fucking up in, because it's comedy. So... This time... More more magical girl bullshit. Um, Yeah. This time, thanks to Shannon Maynard, our previous guest on our Evangelion episode, she challenged us with watching... Flip Flappers, episode one. She did indeed, and uh, to her, I have to say, Shannon, you are a lovely, beautiful, magical girl that has forever made me a cartoon, and I'm forever grateful, but... (laughs) Yeah, really. really. really Mm. How many magical girl anime do I have to show you to make your heart grow like some sizes? I don't know, but if you're going to try to kill me with uh, heart enlargement, uh, why don't you just go the quick route, bud? Because this way we get to make a show out of it before you die of inevitable coke overdose. Oh, hey, I'm not even getting the coke. What the hell? I mean... Oh, really? You didn't didn't get my package? Mm, My welcome package? No. Uh, I'm going to have some people knocking on my door. (laughs) Uh, All right, so no. Flip Flappers, episode one, which I believe was called Pure Input? Yep, Pure Input. There we go. Funny enough, I was looking at, because I was curious, like, after rewatching it again for the show, because I've seen the show before, I was curious, I didn't know who the studio was. And upon some research, it is Studio H3Z. And I looked at their previous uh, catalogue, and there's very few animes on there. Uh, There is a story about cute girls being aliens, and this. Alright, what's the rest of the stuff then? Do do they have a a thing that they do? As far as I can find, these are the only two anime they've ever done. They are a very new studio. Oh, okay, well, they're just out the gate, so, you know, they haven't really developed themselves. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, I always say anyways. So, anyways, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Going forward. Oh, I'm just trying to avoid talking about this. I think that's what's happening. No, let's do it. Okay, so we open up the anime with a classroom the introduction <laughs> of our two characters. The kind of dueling narrative between uh, Kokana, who is currently taking a test in some kind of high school, and Papika, who is running away from her organization. Captors? I I don't know what exactly that was, other than weird. So, yeah, we kind of have the two, like, dueling things of Papika, shockingly, has a very exciting life, and Coconut has super boring life. And I'm going to repeat this multiple times, but the art in this is fantastic. It is absolutely beautiful, and the kind of directions they take, where they're like, all of Coconut's eyes are going to be fully shaded while all the boring stuff is going on. 
and Papagia's eyes are going to be shaded because that's what the look is, but also like this kind of bright light. And it's just such a simple thing that kind of keys into like, hey, this is what the situations look like. And now it's translated through the form of art. You know what? I will give it this, that it it does it is pretty um it uses a lot of different styles of art or 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 uh, plays with color a lot and that is visually appealing so there is that there we go that's the only positive thing we're going to get out of Travis today probably because i'm a story guy and i can't t- i've watched this this is the first time folks the first time that i have ever watched an anime assignment twice because I couldn't tell you what happened after the first one. Hopefully I'll be able to elucidate you. I don't want to know anymore, okay? <laughs> I put two watches in. I'm still not sure. I'm good. Too bad, fucker. <laughs> we still got at least 30 minutes of this. <laughs> oh. Okay. So onward and upward into the next scene. Or wait, now actually, right after they really introduced the first two and the weird robot thing that's going to be following the whole episode. Mm-hmm. It's going to go into the opening credits. Now, do you have anything to say about the opening credits? I do, and it kind of repeats a lot of what we've already said about it playing with color super well. All of the backgrounds are super uh monotone and washed out of color, and all of the action itself is just these bright, beautiful like splashes of color. It's a really, really simple device, but it works like really effectively. And the song is a fucking tune. <laughs> the song I have written down is apparently Europop Disco was was what I was feeling when, when I was listening to the music playing. Don't know why, that's just the words that came into my head, I wrote them down. I feel like this is somewhere in a Japanese DDR machine. That's probably true because my second thought on the second viewing is there's got to be a video somewhere of a fucking Vocaloid doing this song. Oh yeah, I taught Travis what Vocaloids are. Yes, fuck you, Joe! (laughs) Yup, I introduced Travis to the world of Vocaloids, and shockingly, his response was negative, even though fucking love Vocaloids. (laughs) I'm true anime trash. I have become anime trash. You're a garbage person that deserves only to feel bad. I'm a garbage boy. Oh, but I love it. Uh, mostly, uh... (laughs) This episode is just going to be me yelling things at you, I think. That's most episodes, though. Is it? Well. (laughs) After the opening, we get a weird dream sequence with Kokona, where she's on a boat on her own, and she's sailing down like this dark river, and then she turns around and there's a little girl there who turns and goes... Welcome back. Welcome back, yeah, that's right. Uh, and then the dream ends. Yeah, it was a little weird. Um, not much explanation there, but okay, fine. I'm I'm used to even uh, regular movies will do the weird split second wake up from a an odd dream opening kind of thing. So you know, not good, not bad, just a thing. Uh, and then we kind of get Kokona's morning routine. She is woken up by her grandma. She eats breakfast, and then she goes to school. By the way, breakfast looked like it was coffee beans that they just stuck in a cup and stirred around with chopsticks. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask. I, I knew you were going to bring this up. So it's a thing called natto, and I, I don't know what that is. I only know the name of it. 
uh, bonito flakes. Bonito flakes are a thing, yes. Yeah, isn't that just a like a dried fish thing? I do believe. Yes. Yes. Okay. See. They delicious, fr- uh, delicious dried fish cereal. Look for it in somewhere that's awful. <laughs> I mean, just just go to your regular <laughs> Asian superfoods if you want bonito flakes and you just want to eat them. Okay, cool. Here we go. Nato is a traditional Japanese food made from soybeans fermented with baculus subtilis var nato. Some people eat it as a breakfast food. I know as much as I knew when I began. There we go. <laughs> so we get um, we get Kokona's journey to school, essentially, and I wanted to point out the architecture, because okay. it doesn't look Japanese at all. It looks almost like, um, it looks like very Germanic fairy tale type buildings, oh, okay. but with like a modern twist where it's got like a train track and like a stop and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it actually does. I hadn't considered the architecture before, but uh it's a little out of place because just judging by school uniforms, I would say it looks like they are in fact in Japan. Yeah, they're definitely definitely in Japan. So that's the thing with this show is there are like there are Japanese names thrown about um as well as like you say the actual school uniform is very Japanese, but then there are also names that are very western. Uh, Coconut and Paprika, they're not, they don't sound like traditional Japanese names. No, they, they don't. Do actually, I'm not sure where, where I would place them. Like, I think in my head, at least, like, weird fairy tale fantasy. Uh, but Maybe? I can't, I can't really, yeah, it's it's weird to place the names, but I, I believe they're in Japan. But I just think the architecture is a style choice because it looks way more fun to draw those than the streets of Tokyo. Probably. You can only draw so much neon. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't get a nightlife scene, so maybe it is like all of the uh all of the farmhouses are lined with neon. <laughs> Japan's like a ware city. At night when the moon comes out, it's all neon. In the day, weird German fairy tale <laughs> land. Ah, the ware EDM dancer. Excellent. <laughs> So, how can I get stopped at a, a train stop? Bars go down and stuff. Train goes by, and then Paprika appears on a flying surfboard and crashes into Buchan, who is the robot that tried to stop her earlier. And the reason uh, Paprika crashes into Buchan is because she's distracted by seeing Coconut and being like, "Ah, Coconut, I know you." The train passes, and there's that moment where we kind of. It's it's hinted a lot later on, but it seems like Paprika knows Kokona, uh, even if Kokona doesn't. So, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get some. Actually, I have some questions coming up about that, but we'll wait till later. The, the The thing that jumped out at me is then you've got those two kids at the crosswalk. They look like they were the people that were rejected from playing the creepy twins in The Shining. <laughs> I think they're their stunt doubles, which is why one of them has a broken arm. It could be, but yeah, they, they've got very creepy twins vibe. I don't know if they're they're important in any way or just a background piece. Probably background because they're gray and dull, and the action's all bright. They're actually in the opening as well. They're uh, playing. Um, in my head, it's a double bass, but also it's a tiny girl, so it might just be a cello and uh, the piano. 
so obviously they mean something to the story. I don't know, they don't appear in this episode anything anymore, but... They tend the murder hotel, okay? It's a job. It's respectable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what you need. You need uh, elementary schoolers to have jobs, damn it. <laughs> that's right. Trump's America. <laughs> <laughs> did I break you, Joe? <laughs> why, did you, why did you have to make a joke when I was drinking? <laughs> because I can't see if you're drinking or not. We never do this with a video feed. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, well, someone's got to build that wall. Anyway. <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, I think that's uh, that's all we really need to, need to know uh, about this scene, and we can move on to the next one, which is where we start to learn that everything that Kokona does is basically ask existential questions. This character does that a lot. Just these open-ended whys and what-ifs and... Bleh. Yeah, this kind of period in a Japanese high schooler's life is focused on a lot because the perception, or at least the kind of cultural thing, is that this moment in your life where you pick what college you're going to go to holds so much importance to, like, job prospects and stuff like that. So it's not uncommon for this kind of thing to happen where you question every decision or whether you actually even want to go to college or etc etc but we kind of get the idea that coconut is a intelligent student in fact that is all she seems to want to do is like be a good student she doesn't want to have fun she just wants to learn good yeah uh, she has an interaction with sort of a friend i i don't know that <laughs> this other girl and uh the other girl gives her a list of schools to look into because she's she's sweating on which one she should apply to or which one should be her choice. Or even if she wants to go, like, yeah, should I go? Again, I go? existential crisis. <laughs> right. All big open-ended questions. So she she wants to find a nice, quiet place to make this decision. And in her school, there's a path through some bushes onto a pipe. And she just, like, hops up on there and starts looking at, like, schools and she remarks that her friend is a fucking idiot because she's like, that's just a boys' school. Yeah, take this seriously. But <laughs> I, I want to say that path that's marked off, it looks more like it's cordoned off. Yeah. That's not really marked off so much as, you shouldn't <laughs> be walking here. This is a dangerous construction area. Yeah, this is a dangerous place where people fall into black goo. Yes, yes it is. But we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here because as she's daydreaming about schools, out comes Papika. Woohoo! And she's like, yo, it's Coconut. Sick. I don't remember that line. D- did I black out? Uh, it was in uh, my English dub. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but no, um, this is actually where I had the question because you said that she, you get the sense that she knew her before and that you really get that. The first time I, uh, I watched through, I almost felt like there was uh, more than friends kind of relationship because... They're, she's getting into Coconut's face in a very personal way that uh, even with a friend I might ne- not necessarily be comfortable with. Yeah, see, that's the thing I'm not I'm not too sure on you get from these from this first episode. Obviously, we know that Papika believes that she knows Coconut, and I think it's more just kind of Papika's over exuberant behavior that 
she would just like kind of get in someone's face and like she doesn't understand like personal space and that sort of thing so i think it's more that than more than friends okay fair enough i could see that because that is very much how papaka reads you've seen this character before the not afraid of anything overly enthusiastic but also wildly innocent so they do inappropriate kind of things character Hmm. The, the it's basically a trope i've seen it everywhere yeah, yeah. So yeah, they talk for a bit. Um, apparently, coconut smells nice. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the robot coming back. Yes, we have uh, we have Butan, who is whose directive is to basically take Papika back uh, with his large extendo arms that go everywhere, and he basically picks the two of them up. And that's when we kind of get a readout of, cool, uh, this robot found Papika and another girl, a potential partner match, which I think is this kind of first episode is basically saying, this is why Papika knows her, because it's sort of like a destiny thing that they're supposed to be paired up to go into pure illusion, which we'll get to in a second. (laughs) We will get into in a second, but I have to say... Man, anime loves loves them some fetish. They do. Because we're about to have two girls bound up and tickled. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get the popcorn. I did not remember this when I rewatched it. Because I was like, I think it's actually kind of a more innocent show. At least in this first episode. Like, I don't think Travis is going to have anything to complain about. About the molesting of children. And yet. <laughs> it's fine. They're in high school. Oh, anime, you never let me down. <laughs> Except when you do. So we, we cut back to the organization that Papika's from, and uh, they talk about this this partnership reading, and Dr. Salt, who is this guy in a suit who is kicked up looking super relaxed, is just like, yeah, let's go ahead and test them. Throw them into the bonkers dream world. Hey, he's Dr. Salt. That's how he does. Yeah, man, if there's one thing we know about Dr. Salt from this episode, is that he does that thing I just said. That's all we really know. He also has, <laughs> a, he has a glow thing. That is what I know. Glow, he, he has a glowy thing. Yeah, that's it. That is the character of Dr. Salt. End, <laughs> <laughs> end statement. <laughs> so Bouchan uh, drops them into the opening of this pipe, and they find themselves in like this black space where they are themselves monochrome. Which, again, cool playing with color. Uh, actually, before that, there was the crazy, uh, almost original Willy Wonka tunnel scene spray of color as they were falling down through into this place. So we went from, like, rainbow sprays of color that made no sense to monochrome with a black background. Yeah, they know not where they're going, but the uh, rows keep on rowing. They do indeed. Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so they come out of uh, the monochrome world into a lot of snow and again pull it back to the architecture this appears to be the town that coconut lives in just ruined and snowed over yep nuclear winter occurred and now they're here that's one theory i hadn't really gone so far as like nuclear winter i was just like <laughs> okay let's this thing doesn't explain itself at all uh. <laughs> 
You've got to remember, this is the first episode. I know, and it makes me ask so many questions, but it doesn't ask them in ways that I feel like it's a hook. Fair enough, fair enough. We get, we get some lovely scenes of them playing in the snow. Apparently the snow is basically sugar, uh, and Coconut's shell kind of cracks of being like this austere, studious girl into like actually enjoying things. But she like immediately catches herself. <laughs> yep. And uh, that's right about the time when she realizes that uh, the snow is sweet mm-hmm. and informs Papaka. And what does every innocent, overly exuberant person do when they're exposed to sugar snow? Uh, downs it by the gallon. Yeah. How much can I fit in my mouth? Great. Let's do that <laughs> forever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember the order of like this dream sequence before they go off to camp. But I think at some point, Buchan is clearly searching for something. Like it has like a weird dowsing rod type thing. Uh, and Coconut like pulls up her phone and like looks through her contacts uh, to see if she has any signal. And again, we get like tidbits into Coconut's like backstory, I guess, or story essentially. Yeah. It's like we had like little things with discussions with her friend and like her existential crisis. Uh, just like kind of a neat thing. Uh, when she's looking through her contacts uh, for family, uh, it only has the one entry. So already we're kind of getting like drops and hints of like past tragedy and stuff that might have made her who she is right now. That, uh, that is true. Uh, I did pick up on the, the one contact there, but I was also... Okay, so I watched this on Crunchyroll. And I do not have the full subscription, so I have commercial breaks. I was mm-hmm. thankful for commercial breaks. Here's why. How dare. How dare. Here's why. I needed to unpack whatever the hell was happening to me. I, I needed a, a breather because to watch this straight through would have been even more confusing. A couple of minutes to just go, okay, I, I can't see where they're going with any of this. This doesn't even feel like a regular story arc at all. Eh, that was that. That was my uh, <laughs> color use. My favorite part. Commercial breaks. Second favorite. <laughs> Suck it, Joe. <laughs> I, I just don't know. I don't know what to do with you now, other than other than just show you worse and worse anime, so you realize how good you've had it so far. That's how you get stabbed when I come to visit you in the UK. That's fine. Like you'll be over here and then stabbing me with a knife. Wait, nah, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> then who am I going to podcast with? I got nothing. Yep. Never mind. Deal's off. No stabbing. <laughs> uh, so we get some nice scenes of them playing in the snow. I honestly can't really remember anything cool story-wise happen. It's just like cute girls doing cute things. And then Kotner's like, hey, look, those are some weird ghost things over there let's go fly over here yeah sure because she still has her hoverboard with her yeah so we kind of fly across the tundra landscape and of course i told you i was going to mention this multiple times the art is fucking beautiful in this bit and we kind of like sail over all these frosted trees that she thinks are ghosts which is adorable uh and then they kind of land into this forest clearing Mm -hmm. and kokono's doing the sensible thing of dropping some kind of markers to make sure they know their way back. But of course, it's sugar and candy, so Papuka just, like, noms them up. Sure is. Thanks for ruining our chance of survival. (laughs) 
dick. <laughs> <laughs> dick move, Popker. It's like you want us to die. <laughs> oh. Out here, together, alone, in a snow lump. You mean like the end of The Shining? <laughs> I brought it around. I did it. Oh, oh my god, that is such a beautiful but terrible image. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's snowing and it's late and they find a place to camp and sleep. So oh man, can, can we go off script and just tell the story about how they die in the winter and then the, the creepy twins like carry, <laughs> carry away their bodies? This is a better, more interesting story. Yeah, so Coconut's son um, <laughs> is chased through a labyrinth. Fantastic. Um, after a guy in a bear suit gives a guy in a suit a blowjob. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I got no clue what's going on still. Fuck. <laughs> oh. uh, so they hang out in Igloo and we get kind of more of Papika being weird with Coconut. You smell nice and, ah, you're too close. Get away from me. Once again, see why I might have gotten the impression that she might have wanted to be a little more than friends. It was a lot of, a lot of personal space violation, but I think you're right. It's probably just a she doesn't know about people's bounds. Hmm. Just an, a thought. <laughs> what? I, would, would you enjoyed it more if they were just like straight up lesbians? No, not necessarily. I liked that they didn't lean so hard into if they were going to make, uh, take it that direction that they didn't lean it into the. Uh, like fan service lesbian kind mm. of deal. If it was just going to be like a, a love story, I'm okay with that. Mm. That's why I made note of it. I was like, you know, she's kind of pushing bounds, but she's not like aggressively oversexual. Just my thoughts. I'm I'm even trying to be funny. I got nothing. I don't know what to do with this <laughs> goddamn show. Thanks, Shannon. This has been a wonderful gift. You, I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm going to do after this, but it's going to involve alcohol. Maybe heroin. Jesus, I don't know. Wow. Yeah, I'm a broken man now. <laughs> that, I mean, that's what you need after watching anime that confuses you. Constipation. Ah, uh, you don't care. <laughs> nah. Nah, not in the slightest. <laughs> so there's an earthquake, or a perceived earthquake, and it appears that all of the trees were actually creatures that are... Heading towards, uh, heading towards the river. And have you, have you watched uh, Naushika? That's a weird question to ask me, Joe. What do you it's think the answer is? It's a Studio Ghibli movie. I have not watched it, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we're friends anymore. No, no, it's, it's not too surprising because it's one of the more obscure Ghibli... Not obscure. It's not spirited away. Okay. Is the best way to put that. Okay, cool. So for the people listening at home who haven't seen this, and for those who have, the like migration of trees looks exactly like the Ohm as they travel through to destroy the city. Uh, they've even got like multiple eyes. They're not red, but I just kind of thought of that immediately, like as soon as I saw it. For Travis, like a shit ton of city destroying bugs rampaging. Oh, fair enough. I can picture that. So they're, they're all kind of migrating towards uh, the river, and uh, Papke is just like, oh, eternal curiosity, let's fly over. Yeah. And Coconut loses her glasses. Shock horror. So I do understand how glasses work. Uh-huh. 
the thing I picked up when I rewatched this the first time is during the test, Coconut isn't wearing her glasses. And then now, like, they're super important to her. So I guess she's nearsighted? Or it's just, like, a thing to say, like, oh, we need to go over here as a plot device. Yeah, I think those are plot device glasses. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) They're the MacGuffin that we need. Yeah, so one of those gets attached to these giant tree creatures. And Papaga has to go and save it. And so she does. She flies over. Buchan takes uh, Coconut and flies her at a safe distance while Papika crawls along the side of this tree thing and gets the shit beaten out of her. Yeah, by its weird uh, head tongues. I don't know what you call them. They look... I don't know. Every time it smacked her, it looked like a tongue to me. I, I'm, I'm not sure either. I think because they were trees, it might be like weird, monstrous tree bark and just kind of the speed of it makes the uh, animation like the drawing kind of weird to like make the effect of striking and speed uh uh could be it it's not like a a traditional representation of it where you get like the blur then it's just a a weird bendy kind of flappy uh head bit but sure we can go with that what's traditional about this show (laughs) uh (laughs) i don't know i just i don't know so Papika gets the glasses just in time for the tree thing to plummet into the ice-cold water. Uh, Coconut tries to save her, but the lake has frozen over. And then uh, she starts crying about, like, they weren't important. I literally said multiple times they weren't important. I don't actually use them, only to have glasses to look smart. And maybe ad-libbing a bit there. It might, might have gone slightly off script there, yeah. <laughs> Again, I watched my dub. Okay, your personal dub? Like, you did all the voices? All the characters were played by me. Buchan was played by uh, Edwin. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but... So, this this is another part where I'm very interested to see what Travis thought. Okay. Uh, There was a glowing light somewhere that gives her power. Right. What did you think of that? (laughs) I think it's odd that this girl has magical girl vagina powers, apparently. that That's where they emanate from. Because right betwixt her thighs is where the glow starts. Why? You could have chosen anywhere. Anywhere. The people who drew this, you chose that. Why? My thought is, because it is rising and we see the skirt move in an upwards fashion, and they knew that they were searching for some kind of treasure... Like, while she, were, while she fell to the ground, like, bemoaning Papika seemingly dying, yeah. she fell upon the resting place of the treasure that was under the snow, and it rose up. I do totally get that it could totally be, just be from her vagina, and this studio is weird, but that's kind of what I rationally thought of this. At this point, there is nothing rational <laughs> that is going on. I don't There's know. so much rationality. I don't know what we talk about. Yes, you do. Stop it, Joe. Nope. You need help. (laughs) So she gets magical girl powers. She doesn't transform. That actually comes later, and the transformation is uh, exactly what you'd expect from a magical girl sequence, but she gains power. Like, she Dragon Ball Z's her hair, like, flies up and is a pretty color, and she rushes in and saves Papika. She sure does. Uh, nothing too dramatic. Just plunge into water and pop back out with unconscious Papika. 
looking all uh, magical girl as hell. Yep. 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 And Peppercruz confused. She doesn't realize it's. She hears that it's coconut, but she doesn't think it's coconut because she like has magical powers and shit. Well, yeah, there was also probably the fact that she was near drowned, so not totally <laughs> with it. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's entirely fair. Yeah. And then as uh, Papika is like touching her face and being like, "Oh my god, is it you?" Uh, coconut seems to lose her power, and they steadily like plummet towards the surface of the frozen lake, and then uh, they drop into the black goop that they dropped into when they jumped out of the pipe. Yep. And I had to comment the, uh, you know, the more that Paprika recognized Coconut, it felt like a Wile E. Coyote cartoon uh, in the running off the cliff sequence. You know, he was perfectly fine until, you know, someone or he he gained knowledge of it. And then, oh, (laughs) oh, now gravity is real again. Yeah. (laughs) This is the anime version of that. Yeah. And so, in, into the black goop, this time from weird uh, sugar snow reality, back to their own. Yeah, we uh, snap back to reality. Whoops, there went gravity. Uh, and Oh, Coconut... you did it, an Eminem quote. Yeah! <laughs> I'm hip, you guys. I know rap from the early 2000s. Good job. Early 2000s kids are so impressed. <laughs> Only early 2000s kids get my references. That may be true. <laughs> Maybe. So um yeah, we get uh we get Coconut waking up on her own. She kind of emerges through the hedge cordoned off quarantine site that she went into the pipe and she sees uh Papika just like standing over the railings and after reuniting and that fucking adorable scene where uh Papika puts Coconut's glasses back on, Papika asks hey, we should go on another adventure sometime. And Coconut gives the best response in this situation. He's just like, fuck no. Right? Like, you almost died. <laughs> that was awesome. Remember that time I almost got drowned by the weird tree worms? That was so good, you guys. <laughs> uh, and, and the episode ends on that. And we get the, uh, we get the ending, which the song is... <laughs> kind of at odds with a lot of the imagery because the imagery is a lot of kind of old grim fairy tales like done in this like super weird and creepy style but then at the bottom you've got like the crisp animation of them just like walking through something and the song is like so upbeat and it's super weird and Buchan turns into a duck at some point it's just brilliant I love it <laughs> okay now <laughs> I will say that I will agree that with everything that you said happened, happened. How I feel about the things that you just said are very different, though. I see. It. None of this really makes sense to me. None of it. I'm a story person, and yes, there was a story there, but I know this is also supposed to be part of a series. And it has me ask a bunch of questions, but none of them felt interesting enough for me to to really want to pursue the answer of any of those questions. Okay, so, I mean, we just have the ending scene where everyone gets captured again and brought back to the organization, which is the lead-on for episode two. But, like, what are some of the questions that you had, and how did the show, like, not ask them in an intriguing way? 
I was just, you know, you're putting me on the spot because I'm trying to remember this stuff and it's immediately slipping from my mind. That's how bored I was with this. Really? Yeah, I was super wow. bored. I'm sorry, I, kn- I know that it's pretty. I'll tell you, it was pretty, but pretty isn't enough to hold my attention if the story's not grabbing me and it just didn't. That's fair. I think, like, when I watched this the first time, like, a lot of stuff went through my mind. I asked a lot of the same questions as you did. Uh, like, just stuff like, was the organization? Like, why do they have Papika, but also, like, actually need her? Right. You know, I think if they could have just tipped the hand a little bit, tried to pace it a little faster, even if you don't give a full-on answer to something, tip a little more than just creepy guy in the shadows with shiny glasses that uh, everyone's taking orders from. I need more than that for my bad guy. I think we didn't even mention the treasure. Like, the the treasure is so, like... It's like the last-minute thing. Yeah, it's so abstract, but also, like, really important. Like, it's just like, we found this gem that can grant wishes. Okay, you've just told me more about it than I ever knew. No, they said it in the first episode. They definitely said it in the first episode, because she said it smelled good and it grants wishes. It smells like coconut. I must have missed the it grants wishes part, or at that point I had just checked out real hard. It's possible. You're the worst. You, sir, are definitely, uh, definitely, arguably the worst. <laughs> How dare you? Pistols at dawn, sir. Okay, you can take a pistol, I'll take a saber, I'll still beat the shit out of your ass in a duel. I'm British, I have that advantage. Uh, nope. No, I'm a pretty decent shot. This is gonna end poorly for you. <laughs> ah, must be your school shooting training. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That is not a thing. <laughs> I always felt bad as soon as that left my mouth. That's because you are arguably the worst. Damn it. Ha ha ha! Full circle again, two times in an episode. Yay. So that was Flip Flappers. I really fucking enjoyed rewatching it. The story, uh, at least in this first episode, gives you a lot of questions, but it looks so fucking cute. And. Yeah, yeah, the music's just brilliant. Uh, we didn't really talk about much about the soundtrack. I'm going to assume Travis is going to say, eh, I didn't really notice it because I was too busy being confused. But the like original soundtrack is so beautifully orchestrated. Actually, I, I did notice the soundtrack, and it wasn't bad at all. Ha-ha! <laughs> One small victory. I said it was pretty, goddammit. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, thanks again to Shannon Maynard for making Travis watch this. I enjoyed watching the episode again. I am just kind of infuriated that Travis like just wouldn't accept that this is this is good anime. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. Right, and I, you know, I just now when we were talking here, it made me think: is it that magical girl anime just isn't for me? And after watching this and then thinking back to Madoka, I can watch some more Madoka. Mm. I don't think Flip Flappers is ever going to be a thing. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I mean, in, in the future, like, ooh, we've got a few Magical Girl shows lined up for you. Oh, I'm sure. It's a pretty big genre. 
slash trope uh, in anime, so I'm sure that this is not the last I shall see of Magical Girls. Nope. Some will subvert the genre, some will literally be the genre. And that's fine, I'll watch them and like them or hate them as they come along. Awesome. So, we've talked a lot about Flip Flappers today, should we get on to what we're doing next week? I think we should, so, that being said, next time on WTF Anime. So we've really enjoyed having listeners on the show and uh, guesting and talking about anime they like. So we're going to do it again. Next episode, we're going to have Aaron, uh, one of our listeners, at Crashing Waves 14. He's going to come on to help us talk about Beyond the Boundary or Kyoku no Kanatai. That sounds about right. Anyway, he's a super fun guy. Come check it out. It was a blast. Or will be a blast. Ooh. Well, yeah, we definitely haven't recorded it already. And <laughs> he definitely wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all of our guests are awesome because we only let awesome people on the show. Except for Travis. Or Joe, trash monster. How dare. How dare. <laughs> should, we talk some, should we talk some business? Talk some business. So... Once again, if you would like to follow the show, we are at WTF Anime Show. You can send us literally anything. You can just wake up in the morning and say, hey, I want to share a random GIF with the people from WTF Anime. Only I actually look at it because I'm not going to allow Travis to make drunk tweets. Uh, But (laughs) also a part of that is you can recommend us uh, anime you'd like to watch. We've had a couple more. The list is growing, and I'm so glad that so many, like, a lot of people are giving us recommendations, and a lot of them are kind of syncing up with what I think would be interesting, so it's good to know that I have an idea of anime that you guys would want to see. If you don't do Twitter, and you're somehow listening to this uh, on Mars, Curiosity Rover, shout out, you can hit us up by email with WTFAnimeShow at gmail.com. Use both of those avenues to either send us a DM or an email. If you would like to guest on the show, uh, we pretty much have like an open casting call just because if you're listening to this show and you send messages in, obviously you like anime. I would think so. Yeah, I I would hope so. I would hope so. So, really, what you need to do for that is have a half decent. Recording setup and audacity, and we would love to have all of you on. If you would like to follow me, I am at the Joe Hadfield and Travis. Where can they find you, you fucking curmudgeon? <laughs> oh, I laugh more than anybody else on this show, and I'm the fucking curmudgeon just because I don't mm-hmm. like your magical girl bullshit. <laughs> you can find me at Dice Lobber, folks. Hit me up on Twitter. And as ever, if you would like to help the show out in any way, uh, the best way you can do that is to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. I don't know if Stitcher has a rating review function, but they have a thumbs up. Stitcher, yeah, give us a thumbs up. Be like, yo, this is something I'm not ashamed to share that I watched. Let's see, is there anything else? Yeah, you forgot something. If you like what we do here, tell a friend. Recruit. Recruit for us, minions. 
shove this in someone's face. Um, what you should do is you should take the example that I do for Travis and do it with a friend of yours and just show him or her this show. Until they break. Until they die horribly, miserably and alone. Travis. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I've got my books. <laughs> and uh, and with that do we have anything else to cover that's it that's it so until next time I thought this was going to be a short show but bye everyone bye bye uh. <laughs>